Amen. I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes about why we can make that statement confidently or how we can make that statement confidently. We're continuing on in the book of Acts. I decided to stay camped in Acts 16 uh, with a couple of verses uh, that I think really relate to this whole issue of shaking. There is a whole lot of shaking going on, right? There always is. It doesn't matter what season the world is in. There is just shaking. Anyway, um, in Acts chapter 16, we pick up the story with Paul and Silas in prison. And I just want to read to you two verses out of there. The scripture says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison was shaken. Everyone say shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Everyone's chains came loose from the shaking. Have you ever been in an earthquake? Have you ever experienced one firsthand? Like some of us maybe in this part of the country or this part of the world, when we have earthquakes around here, which is pretty rare, it's hard to even feel them. But have you ever been in like a real, one of those earthquakes that really shake things up and begin to destroy things and buildings topple, roads open up, different things happen? There is, have you ever seen the powerful, maybe you haven't been in an earthquake, but have you ever seen the powerful effects of an earthquake? Uh, Claire and I, shortly after the earthquake in 2010 in Haiti, in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, actually the, the epicenter of that earthquake was in a place called Laogon, which is just outside of Port-au-Prince, kind of a, what we would call a suburb of a major city, but still a highly populated area. Not too long after that earthquake, literally within uh, months, a couple of months, Claire and I were in... I was, in, I was in Haiti a few months before the earthquake happened in 2010. Then Claire and I were in Haiti a couple of months after it had occurred, just as they began to open things back up. And the effects of that earthquake were amazing and powerful and sad and tragic. And the effects are still affecting that country. But Pastor Carlo, uh, who we work with, is central to the work that we do in Haiti. Carlo was safe because Carlo was standing in the middle of, the, of a parking lot when the earthquake hit. He would have multiple members of his family go to be with the Lord. Earthquakes and shaking can be disorienting. Communication gets disrupted. Buildings can collapse in the shaking like a house of cards. And it causes this demand for restructuring. We pick up this scripture here about an earthquake that literally shakes a prison open. And I think metaphorically it's such a picture that is shown time and time again throughout scripture of God's desire for us to center our lives on God himself. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26, the scripture says this, At that time, God's voice shook the earth. Referring back to the Old Testament story when Moses, you'll remember some of you, when Moses was uh, in the wilderness on a mountainside and the, God's voice literally shook the earth. It was during that time when Moses heard from God through a burning bush. 
And God's voice literally shook the earth and still has the ability to shake the earth. But now God has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens, Hebrews says. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. That is the created things. Let me read that again. It indicates the removing of what can be shaken. That is created things so that what cannot be shaken will remain. So there is always a shaking going on. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. But the scripture tells us here that there is a removing that happens in shaking. And it is intentional on God's part. Not necessarily literal earthquakes, but the shaking that goes on in our own very life and world, that shaking is to shake away those things that are not of God's kingdom. The scripture says, so that that which may not be shaken will remain. That is the kingdom of God will always remain. That's what it says here in Hebrews as it goes on. Therefore, once we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken... Let us be thankful. So worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. That's one of the reasons why the candle's lit on your table. Our God is a consuming fire. To remind us, God is a consuming fire. Claire and I talk a lot about not mixing metaphors, like don't talk about an earthquake and a fire at the same time, but God just wants us to know there are things that purify and cleanse and get rid of the things in our life that need to be gotten rid of. Basically, what this scripture tells us clearly is we find our security in God's kingdom, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And anything that is not of God's kingdom in your life and mine needs to be shaken. You do realize that, right? Whatever is in me, whatever is in you that is not of God's kingdom needs to be shaken. Whatever is of this world that is not of God's kingdom needs to be shaken. The scripture simply says the life of God's kingdom will remain. And what is not of God's kingdom we need to let go. We have these beautiful trees outside of our bedroom, Claire and I outside of our deck, and we have a uh, sliding door in our bedroom. And we look out every morning when we pray, we look out at this one tree in particular. It's just gorgeous. And it holds its leaves longer than all other trees. But about two weeks ago, and we, we just watched the seasons change. About two weeks ago, the winds really started to gust up at one point. And within a day, that tree went from this gorgeous golden tree to just what remains. It's such a beautiful picture of what God's trying to do in our own lives. And then in the spring, if all goes as planned, there will be the fruit of leaves again and these berries that will show up on this tree. And that tree will be full and offer a lot of pleasure and goodness in our lives again. But even now, the trunk of the tree, the branches of the tree hold this amazing beauty and this metaphorical picture for us. Our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a shaking God that shakes loose and blows a wind through our, through our branches to get rid of the things that are not of him so that he can plant some new things and bring some new things about in the next season. See, here's how you know if the things of your life, one of the indicators if the things of your life are things that you can rely on and trust in as God's kingdom is if you, when there is a huge shaking, 
If you are feeling this shaking, then maybe you have too much reliance on something. Like, for instance, governmental systems. It's good to honor government. It's good to be a part of the process. It's great to be all of that. But if you are so shaken up over what goes on in government, you need to realize the Scripture says that which is of God's kingdom cannot be shaken. So trust me, whatever is in government that needs to remain, God will make sure ultimately it remains all over the place. It just takes some time. So there's something, some things we need to keep in mind. Just a few things I want to say to you real quick. The first thing is, some things to keep in mind, the, the first one real quick is, shaking should not surprise us. There is a promise for shaking. This is not the last season in your life and mine that you'll be shaken. As the text here in Hebrews says, everything, say this after me, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. That word everything in the Greek and in English and in French and in Spanish means everything. It means everything can be shaken. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. The second thing is if we build our lives on God's kingdom, how did did I word it? If you build your life on the firm ground of God's kingdom, it cannot be shaken. So think about it in these terms. Anything that you and I are doing that is investing in God's kingdom work in our lives and on the earth, that's remaining. There is a firm foundation to that. That will last. It's interesting, getting back to the the earthquake in Haiti, there were over 100,000 homes totally destroyed because of that earthquake. 100,000 homes totally destroyed, unable to get anything out of those houses, just a bunch of debris. And 300,000 homes, it's estimated, were significantly damaged. So 400,000 homes, that's a lot of damage, right? And the reason is because there was lack of building according to codes. They don't, they just put the stuff up. As Claire and I went around with Carlo, we would say, well, why does that building seem to be okay in the middle of all this rubble? And he would say, well, you can pretty much count on whoever uh, did the, the architecture on that building or planned it out probably came from another country, maybe the United States, maybe another country where they have building codes. And when they designed it, they designed it for Uh, the ability to last through an earthquake. And then, of course, you get into building materials and everything. But what the scripture here is saying is build in a way so that when earthquakes come, when the gates of the prisons begin to open up, you're standing there able to share your faith. Which leads to the last piece that I want to say here. When you're on firm ground, you can pull others to safety, right? See, sinking ships make a poor excuse for a life raft, don't they? I mean, a sinking ship is not a good life raft. And, and God just isn't trying to build the kingdom in our lives. He wants us to pull other people to this place of safety, to build something powerful. In Revelation chapter 11, verse 15, says this. It says, the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever. 
Let me read it one more time. The kingdom of the world has, has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. This is talking about at the end times when everything begins to culminate. That terminology there, it's specific. It says, the kingdoms of this world has become. In other words, there's this transformative process. God is busy building his kingdom in your life and mine. And on the earth, trust God, God is doing something miraculous in the midst of all the shaking going on in the midst of the world right now. Everything seems like it's, it's really getting bumpy at times and things are really rocking and rolling. Trust me, God is building something and he is bringing us to this place that the kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever. Whatever part of any government, economy, culture that drifts its moorings from the kingdom principles of God. Because there are governmental principles that are in line with God's kingdom principles. You do understand. There are economic principles that are based in God's kingdom principles. There are, there are cultural things that go on that are built around God's kingdom principles. Those things will remain. But the things that do not have their moorings, including your life and mine, they will not last through ultimately what will come. Maybe some of it's not lasting right now in our lives. Which I just want to leave you with this question. In the midst of all the shaking, understand that the shaking is there like leaves get, like trees get wind blowing through their leaves to do something profound for the next season. Perhaps for you, the shaking is doing something. Don't be afraid of it because everything that's remaining in your life, that's what God wants to stay there. Trust God. It's going to be okay. God's getting rid of some stuff in our lives. And as we open ourselves to more and more of God's kingdom, this is just going to be such a powerful work in our lives that will continue. So I want to leave you with this question simply. Is your life being built by God's kingdom codes? Is your life, have you given your life to Christ and said, and then continuously said, God, I want my life to become more and more in line with the code of your kingdom code of your kingdom. That's what, God, that's what the scripture is. It's a bunch of codes of God's kingdom. That's what the prophetic is. That's what, when you worship in the work of the Holy Spirit, that is the work of kingdom code coming into your life and mine in so many other ways. So Father, I bless my friends and I bless myself. Bless everyone online. And I pray, God, specifically for anyone who has not centered their life on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. I pray for my friends, anyone that's away from you, that they would open their heart to you. Anyone that maybe has turned from you for a season, like Claire was talking about with her mom, let them come home, God. You created them to be a part of your kingdom work and to have fellowship with you and your people. So we bless our friends. And we receive, God, the kingdom afresh in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you guys. Let's stand together. We're going to sing this hymn that really is a part of 
the, our Christian heritage. This is a part of our way of thinking. And, you know, even the, the, the picture that you saw that um, was actually of the palace in Haiti, that crumbled as well because it wasn't built according to code. Even the palace uh, collapsed. And, and so there is a code in our faith that, that the kind of materials, the kind of grace that Christ the solid rock provides. So I don't know if you know this song by heart. If you do, close your eyes and let the words go deep. If you don't, let the words be a window for you that our hope is built on nothing less than, than Jesus, right? Than the blood that Christ shed for us. And so, God, let us sing these words in a way that strengthens what will remain in us while all else is shaken. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame but only lean on Jesus' name, on Christ the Sinking 
so for any of us who have never um, put our lives uh, in that firm foundation, let's just right now say, Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to be the center of my life. I want you to be my foundation. Can you say that to God? I want you to be my foundation. Forgive me for all the ways I've missed the mark of faith, hope, and love. We know that your love never fails. Your love never gives up. But we have failed and given up. And we need you, God, to be the center of our lives. Can you just say that to God today? Be the center of my life. Be the center of my life, Lord Jesus. Not anything, not anything but you, Lord Jesus. Your love never fails, it never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, never runs out on me.
right here and just uh, receive the love of God and receive the word of God that faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love, and love will remain, and God, who is love, remain in my friends this week. I bless them with the remembrance that you are who remains in us, in Jesus' name. You guys have an awesome week. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs.